0: what's up wrestling fans trading card collectors welcome to another episode of wrestling with cards the podcast i'm your host zan you can check me out on all social platforms at zan morning today is part two of my interview with the amwax if you missed part one make sure to go back and check that out in the archives in fact if you need to pause this episode to then go back and download the first one and listen to it first by all means do that Today we talk about the wrestling card community, what Yam thinks about that, serial numbered and parallel cards, and we also talk about wrestling cards not getting the respect, much much more. But before we get into that, just a few reminders of how you can help show your support for my content. The easiest thing you can do, it's free, takes two seconds, subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, if you're digging what I'm doing, please leave a five-star Dave Meltzer review for me as well. That helps get this show in front of more people. Speaking of that, another thing you could do is share it with a friend. Tell somebody about this podcast that you think may be interested in it. If you want more Wrestling Card Podcast content for your ears, Worlds Collide, the Wrestling Card Podcast, featuring myself, Tony Vella from WrestlingTradingCards.com. We get together to talk about wrestling cards, banter back and forth about different topics, have some guests on doing Roundtable episodes from time to time. You won't want to miss that. Again, Worlds Collide Wrestling Card Podcast available on all popular podcast platforms as well. Subscribe to that. The OG hub of wrestling with cards content is on YouTube. Wrestling with cards on YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel. A lot of awesome interviews, videos. Some stuff you're not going to hear about on this podcast is over there and vice versa, so check out the YouTube channel, please subscribe. We've also got the Wrestling With Cards Patreon community. For as little as $1 a month, you can help show your support for my content, what I'm putting out here to the world on the interwebs for free of charge to help you guys learn more about wrestling cards. As I've stated several times, there are costs that go into producing content, so Patreon is used to kind of compensate for that and to get some more fun activities going on within the group. So again, check that out. Also links below to my eBay store if you want to help show your support that way by buying something. Links to all of my social platforms, as well as donation links if you would like to buy me a coffee. I'm almost always drinking iced coffees. Sometimes a bang, but most of the time it's iced coffees while I'm recording. Again, we dabble in a lot of different communities and types of cards and collectibles and stuff, and... The wrestling community is just the best that I've ever been around. Everybody's pretty cool for the most part. Uh, one thing I really like is that people will just send you cards out of nowhere <laughs> and they like to help you complete collections, especially all you WCW autograph chasers out there. There's a lot of people getting together to help people get those cards that they need. And I just think that's something that we don't see in a lot of other places. You know, uh, yeah. for example, you talk about the Austin. If you're in a sports card world well, and you post whatever you know, you're going to get people coming back. Oh, that's not the right grade. Or, oh, that corner soft or all oh, this and this and this, you know, instead mm-hmm. of somebody just saying, hey, awesome card. I think that's what more people should do.
1: Yeah, I hear you, man. Um, I have a question for you, kind of bouncing back to the, sure. what I've been collecting lately. So I've got the, I think these are the
0: 2006 Heritage tops yep. Chrome. That is been... the first tops Chrome WWE ever did.
1: Yeah. And people have really been chasing, is it the 2015? Is that the first non-Heritage top Chrome? tops Chrome? possibly. I believe so. Yes. Uh, no, listened. the
0: uh, 2000. Yeah, I believe it's 2015. Because uh, okay. the Roman Reigns one's really popular right now.
1: Oh, sure. Um, and I think that's neat, too. But it's like, that's an area that I didn't, I wasn't aware of, because I'm not really going after many of the current cards. But I love it, because people are now looking to get, say, tops, Chrome Golds, and mm-hmm. um, some of those types of cards. But this is the one I was drawn to, because I, ha- I think I had the same idea. Like how can I find the first tops Chrome release? And that's this 2006, but it's heritage. So it has its own distinction to that. Um, but yeah, the, uh, these have refractors and superfractors and X fractors and stuff. And I haven't really gotten very far down the trail. I, I have submitted a couple of refractors, but I don't have any of the really, really cool cards, but they're, I just think they're pretty awesome, uh, pictures and stuff. I'll go through a couple of them, like the rock and, uh, like a great stone cold card. And, For a first ever year of a release, I thought they did a great job where, like, they're really fun to have that portrait and then the move behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know. They're just, I've
0: been glad. I've been picking these up wherever I can find a good deal on those. Well, one thing with those I can say is like X Fractors, Refractors, all those things in that set are very similar to like low printed parallels modern because they didn't really have anything else. Like, those were the short print cards that you wanted to go after so even if you're finding i know you said you said you sent in some refractors right yeah like regardless of what those come out as a grade on you're doing good because they just don't pop up and same thing with the x fractors you know as you get uh, i think i want to say it's 2017 or 18 there's a heritage set that has a similar design as those but they're called big legends Uh and then they started doing some colored border parallel numbered cards which are also cool but yeah, that's that's something that I don't think a lot of people think about is like, you know, you talked about the refractors and X-Fractors. Like besides a superfractor, those are the biggest cards in the set. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks it's for just, the insight on that. Yeah, just kind of going backwards. I think people, you know, don't understand. They're, they're used to, oh, I want the one of one, blah, 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 or, you know, out of five. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand how basic it used to be even just as far <laughs> as like 10 or 15 years ago. Like if you've got those, You know, those short print cards, you're doing good.
1: Yeah, well, I think it speaks to just my interest in always like research and and digging deep, but like cards like the first year of Kaboom in basketball really appeal to me. Um, because it's not, and I think most kabooms in general, it's the case is they're not numbered, but you know, they're short print, they're case hits. Mm-hmm. And so you have to almost guess at how many are out there in the world, but the pop reports are single digits total for all cards graded on a lot of these first year kabooms from 2012. So Chris Paul, I, I bought a couple of, uh, Chris Paul's first year kabooms from that year. But if you do like the math, I think people have guessed there's somewhere between 20 to 40 that were ever released of each player. So that stuff is really cool to me where it's not as easy as just like, Oh, it says there's only five, you know, know. it's three of five and that's cool on its own. But if you're like, Hey, there's some number between say 18 and 56 of these in the world and only 12 have surfaced. Like that's almost more interesting to me as someone that likes that, that chase. And so I, I like cards like that. That's pretty cool, man.
0: So I actually want to take the Kaboom cards and transition into a couple other things. Number one, I think the Kaboom cards, and this is just about collectibles and sports cards as a whole, I think those are really good cards to get people that collect the comic book thing. I know that's the comic go-to the common yeah. go-to like if you're a Marvel collector, if you're a DC collector, maybe the Kabooms is what gets you into sports cards. You could say the same thing about wrestling or there could be like a crossover. Maybe you're a big Shaq or Rodman guy like myself. And all of a sudden that gets you into wrestling because they actually wrestled. But the main thing I want to talk about with tying this together is why do you think that wrestling cards don't get the love on major platforms or just even discussed with social media, podcasts, YouTube channels? You know, they will talk about, and I say they because there's tons of them. I can't single out any specific thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned soccer, talk some Pokemon magic, uh, maybe a little bit of F1 or tennis, you know, the, just the oddball stuff. But yet wrestling doesn't even really get talked about. If it does, it's just like mentioned and then glossed over onto the next thing. I just don't understand it, and I keep asking everybody <laughs> that I talk to that kind of dabbles in it. Because, I mean, obviously, if we're if I'm a wrestling fan talk to a wrestling fan, maybe they, we don't have that perspective because we're not looking in at the outside of the bubble, you know what I mean? So yeah. because you do see everything that's going on, what's your take on this?
1: That's interesting. I actually have a theory I wasn't going to talk about. I wasn't thinking about talking today, and not for this answer, but when you mentioned F1, it actually made me think of – um, something I think is actually contrarian to what I'm hearing a lot in the space about F1 being a bubble. And I'm saying this as someone who hasn't really invested in F1 cards. I have like three George Martins and he's like the 21st guy on the roster or something like, I don't have a lot of F1 cards, but I think people might be wrong about F1 um, in that it doesn't have legs for the long term. Mm-hmm. So, and, and this is going to relate back to wrestling cards. So F1 currently has this Netflix series that's been running now into its third year. And I can't tell you how many buddies that just in my like regular life, I've talked about who I've talked to who are loving that series. They, and I don't know why it took so long for people to catch on, but it's like, you know, it's in its third season and I've watched a couple episodes. I'm not really sure it's for me, but, but these guys I talked to, they're like, Oh, we love the characters. And now some of the guys I know who collect sports cards are kind of quiet about it. They're not these loud guys on podcasts Mm -hmm. that people are getting kind of uh, anxious about. Um, they're, they're guys who are saying, like, no, I really want a Verstappen card. Or I, you know, I just love his story, or I love this, you know, I love the show. And I feel like I know their whole story and their team and their families and whatever. And and that's I mean, that builds um, our collector inspirations, I think, and in sure. our interests. And so I, I think it kind of does it, it in some ways, it's out of our hands. Like, yeah, we I think everybody continuing to be so positive is going to create that ecosystem for when it does come it's gonna be amazing. You know, like the people that come in are gonna have this great experience like I've had, but it's going to take what you see in in basketball. So when there's a huge star, there's these um, groups that move into the hobby all at once. 2003, LeBron James is drafted. I can't tell you how many people that I hear from that are LeBron James collectors that say they started collecting in 2003. you know, and then Zion comes in and brings in a whole group of collectors or Luca and Trey or whatever. And so like these big draft classes propel individuals into the hobby in those sports. So who's going to be that person, you know, like can, can wrestling put somebody forward, you know, will McMahon do that um, and make somebody a true like superstar? That's what can bring somebody in. I think, I think it kind of matters. And it's one of the reasons I like like collecting, um, cards like this from when players played, that's something that Mm -hmm. sort of matters to me as I like to collect the players. I don't always like to collect the legacy players from the current sets. Um, but I, I think that could really bring somebody in. If someone becomes a mega superstar at that level, or the reach of Netflix is so crazy. Um, if there was like an amazing Netflix documentary or some kind of behind the scenes that got in the lives that really drew people to individuals. And I don't know if wrestling would lend itself to that, you know, um, that would be amazing. So at some level, it's, it's external, I think in a major, in a major way that would bring people in the hobby. And I, I tell you what, Zan, I think it's going to happen with patients. We're talking in the next five to 10 years, like there's going to be some kind of breakthrough like that. And so for the hobby, just to, you know, everybody out there, keep having fun. Of course. Um, let's, let's keep, you know, being a, a, an awesome group to welcome others into it and evangelizing, getting, you know, getting the cool cards out there. But I think it's gonna take that external star or uh, you know major series covering the sport to bring people in, kind of like is happening with F1. So my prediction for F1 ultimately is like, yes, we might be in a little bit of spike. And I think some of the tops Chrome stuff is spiked and maybe a little overrated right now. But if you look at the chart over five to 10 years, I think we've that we've minted a lot of brand new F1 fans. Maybe not for me, maybe not for you, but there's a group of people that are probably gonna be collectors for the next 10 to 20 years.
0: Yeah, and that's, the you know, the trajectories like that are the ones we like to see, the ones that are just slowly going up. And I actually should have prefaced this by saying I wasn't insulting tennis, f one of that like I understand every oddball sector there is to do in trading cards because <laughs> I even buy a lot of that stuff. So um, do you think yeah. that maybe wrestling like I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why, though, this is this is the one thing I will argue why people can like they they look at people that drive around in cars or swing a tennis racket or swing a golf club, but yet they still will not recognize wrestling as even the same as a Marvel character, which isn't even real, but we have the huge Marvel boom, which I was all for because, and also this is not a pump and dump because I haven't sold a lot of that stuff. I just, I'm just trying to figure out like from a, I guess from a macro level, like why people don't recognize wrestling as a form of entertainment like they do other entertainment cards. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I think um but I think they have their moments and like comic cards had its moment, boomed, created a new floor. Yeah, it speak it spiked, but it came down to a higher floor. And I think a lot of those comic card collectors are now moving into comic books. I don't own any comic books, but I'm seeing that happen a lot, which is kind of cool. I actually thought they would go to comic books before they even got to the cards and that might inspire the cards, but it, it happened. It flipped um and so it's it's cool i just think wrestling might have that moment where boy it gets a lot of interest due to some externality and then probably spikes and then probably comes down to a new higher floor but with many many more collectors involved in it and that's my hope and and uh, i could totally see that happening i just think it takes its moment so we we see these other things getting its due and it's really frustrating you know for a, for a long time wrestling collector who just loves it um i i would assume that's the case but you know, it's, it's just, it's all timing. If you, if you look at those things that are happening for those, those areas, say F1, tennis, uh, comics, they have their moments, but it doesn't last forever. It doesn't last for years. It just sort of happens for a season or for a year, and then it sort of levels out. So let's, let's be patient.
0: Yeah. I think too, uh, you talk about leveling out. Like I, like I honestly, from a personal perspective, I don't care if wrestling cards get massive because I'm not like, Oh man, I'm going to like totally cash out on what I have. I mean, sure. That would be nice, but a lot of stuff I don't want to sell, but I'm, I'm just going at it from a perspective of, okay. So Marvel, you mentioned how it kind of leveled out, but the thing is now that people take it serious, whether it's the cards or the comics and that's all that I would hope for in wrestling is that, yeah, it's, it's, you know, predetermined, but I would just wish people would take it serious. Yeah, I hear you. I think one of the reasons that I like
1: collecting a lot of different types of things is because I like connecting with a lot of people. Yes. I really yeah. find joy in community. And and man, we talk about what's awesome about the hobby. It's the diversity of of individuals, like everyone from, you know, world famous celebrities to, you know, just guys, kids, teenagers that are trying to, you know, get extra money to buy a handful of cards. So it's really neat how many people are involved in the hobby. And so for me, that big boom isn't about, yeah, the price spike. I I don't even really enjoy the spike part. Um, I like when it levels out and then starts its slow incline again at the new higher floor. Um, But what I really enjoy is the influx of people. So you said respect. I think it's, for me, it's numbers, like more people to share that joy with To I
0: guess that would be essentially saying the same thing. Yeah, like to celebrate your cards with. Mm -hmm. Totally.
1: Um, So so I kind of, I had that with tennis where I was investing and I don't invest in like, I don't know. Monica Sellis or anything, but the tennis goats was some, something I really enjoyed collecting last summer. And I was kind of alone. There was only a few of us. That was fun. They were cool people. But um, once more people got in, it was really fun. It got blown up too big, but the rare pieces, you know, still are doing okay. But afterwards, there's, like you said, more people that respect it, but also more people who are just like, yeah, I have a Serena. Yeah. I have a, an Agassi or whatever. And so there, there is that commonality um, and respect.
0: Yeah. I think that's, That's what me and you like to do. Like, we like to collect these pieces of all these things that we're into, even if it's just a reminder, like um, I've got that sealed box of Impel heavy metal cards because I'm such a huge music guy. And I was like, these things never pop up. I don't want to open those. But man, I just look at it and I don't care whether it goes up and down in value. It's just something awesome to have. And I think that's one thing that me and you can both relate on, no matter what kind of cards we're talking about. Uh, Totally last question and we'll, you take this in any direction you want. Do you have something you want to show beforehand?
1: I do. Yeah. Really quick. So um, I've been buying these 1995 Panini smash hits stickers, which are, uh, just such a great time capsule of, you know, my freshman year of college and everything. So it's like, all these artists are really crazy and it's from the UK. So there's some UK artists and stuff, but um, I don't have the stickers with me right at the moment. They're at my house. Um, but I ended up buying a ma- the magazine, the sticker book that it comes with too, just to like see what they were talking about. Cause yeah, to have those memories of those time capsules of things and then to pair it with your collectibles is really fun. Uh, let me, so this is, this is one of the best ones. I was after the Snoop Dogg rookie. Nice. So, yeah. Number 123
0: there anyway uh really fun so moving into the last question take this any direction you want where do you see the future of wrestling cards going whether it's popularity monetary specific cards just the floor is yours on from a i guess not a diehard wrestling collector coming into it like you know enough about it to know what you're doing but you know maybe you're not like digging through some of the modern rabbit holes that there are so floor is yours yeah
1: Oh, that's interesting, Zan. Um, I I know I've seen that you have been diving into the Slam app as well. Oh, the digital, yeah, Me yeah, Tony. the digital. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know that there's probably a huge contingent that thinks that's uh, that's ridiculous, and why would we want a digital card? But it's it's a fun thing to pass the time. I ended up downloading the app, and and like a star inspires, um, you know, people to come into a sport. Uh, an amazing card can inspire you to like start doing something like digital. I saw somebody post a patch auto of the rock uh, from that digital slam app and like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm gonna download (laughs) this thing (laughs) because it looks so fire. And I downloaded it and, you know, and then I had to like get enough credits or whatever and hit enough packs to get that. And I actually got it right away, but, but then it gets you hooked on other ones. Right. And, and with some of that stuff, it's like really just, you know, you've got a few minutes past the time, usually with my kid, like, Hey, let's see what wrestlers, but that's getting me more interested in, in the current wrestlers. And I am thinking about maybe, you know, which, which current wrestlers might I want to chase. And so I don't, I don't think it's going to overtake wrestling, the digital cards, but I definitely see a future where, um, where it exists and possibly where you merge the two, where you buy a physical card and it has a digital twin that's an NFT or it doesn't even have to be an NFT. It could just be a digital thing on their app. Um, I think we'll see more and more of that over time. Um, particularly, like I watch my kid and I know Gary Vee's talked about this, but I, I experience it. Like he getting a skin for his Fortnite character really is as important as any collectible he could get. And, um, and so, you know, in Fortnite, that exhausts itself, but with collectibles, you can keep that and own it uh, mm-hmm. in the new way we're understanding ownership of that stuff. So I really do think some of that is coming. I've, I've never bought, you know, an NFT or anything yet myself, but I, I totally see where that's going. Um, but I think physical collectibles will always matter, especially the vintage ones, um, in that, you know, we'll just those will be even more revered over time if they're low pop. And um, because cards are so portable and easy to uh, to store like we talked about, I just never see physical going away. Um, it's just maybe would be more akin to the vintage collectors uh, in the future. So your modern flippers might be flipping NFTs in 10 to 20 years, but uh, you know your vintage fans, and maybe people have a mix of course, Um, would be chasing more of the physical cards. We'll we'll see where it goes. I I really, you know, I don't know exactly. Um, I do think that we're going to see some kind of, like I said, externality, a a big star, a big show or something that brings in uh, an influx of people because it is such a fun space. It lends itself to storylines and Hollywood and drama. And I think, you know, it's just at some point it's going to happen and there's going to be a big influx of people. And so that'd be just, that's my prediction in the next, say five years, some sort of event like that's
0: going to happen that'll bring people in. We keep hearing about The Rock running for president. Do you think that happens? And does that is that the boom we need? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
1: Um, I think, well, does he run? I bet he explores it and that creates um, some buzz. I don't know. I see people talk about that. I don't know that that brings people yeah. to wrestling because people think we've seen a little bit of that with the rookie card, right? Like mm-hmm. I think if he was thought of as the wrestler first and foremost, rather than the entertainer, he his wrestling cards would would outpace, say something like the bumblebee. Uh, typically, a college football card that was, you know, just issued in a tearaway isn't going to be like the main desired card. But um, you know, I'm realizing because he's seen as uh, an important public persona, entertainer, celebrity, that that very first card uh, matters maybe more. If we saw like Kevin Durant say, in some future Kevin Durant runs for president or something it's always going to be his tops Chrome rookie. That's like his main rookie, as opposed to, you know, like that McDonald's high school card that he has. Um, So, you know, I think, I think we see that already. So I wouldn't count on the rock running for president to be like the (laughs) thing that levels up the market in my mind, but it could get more people interested in wrestling. And then that ultimately leads people into collecting too. So yeah, it might have an effect.
0: I guess that's another good thing about the major pop culture stars, uh, Cena, Hogan, Austin, the rock, like they don't shy away from their past and they actually stick Mm. up for wrestling. I recently saw like a tweet from Joe Rogan, finally maybe starting to understand why people like wrestling and the rock commented that it used to be one of the greatest jobs in the world. And he'd love to sit down with them on. And I'm like, that's fantastic.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's cool to see when the rock reconnects with people too, the old wrestlers and stuff on social, uh, along those lines, you got, um, you know, Stone Cold doing his podcast. And so these guys continue to be relevant in culture, whether they're stars or podcasts, uh, <laughs> whether they have co- collecting, uh, wrestling figures or whatever it is, right. um, that, that keep people engaged, uh, and aware of, of the sport and then the hobby. But yeah, I, um, I, th- I think that's great that those guys are involved. Um, and it seems like, I don't know, you know, the health thing is always on people's minds too, but they're doing a better job of that lately too. So we'll see.
0: All right. Well, thanks again for coming on the show today. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you, what you got going on and <laughs> yeah, floor's yours.
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks Dan. Uh, I mean, I'm just a guy in the hobby like the rest of you. Um, I'd love to connect with anyone though. I'm at Yamwax on Instagram at Yamwax 23. Uh, I can't believe someone took Yamwax on Twitter, but uh, Yamwax23 on Twitter and uh, just out here having fun collecting. Uh, I love seeing people's collections and, and look forward to chatting with other folks in the hobby. This has been fun, Zan. Thank you. And
0: there you have it. Thanks again to Yamwax for giving me his time to come on the show today. As always with these interviews, I hope you're able to take something away from them apply it to how you operate in the hobby and make sure to check out the show notes to links to Yamwax's Instagram account as well as links to all of the other ways that you can help show your support for the content that I'm putting out for you. But until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun. We'll see ya.